but I still needed to brainstorm all possible solutions. What if we let off these four staff people? I mean, I don't want to do that. I don't want it to leave the room. I don't want it to even be really an option, but it I have to be able to to talk about those things or I'm just going to internalize it in my head. I'm going to lose my mind. And frankly, I'm not going to be able to work through all these decisions without having folks to bounce off ideas, have them bounce back, things like that. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. We are back with another highly requested Business is Messy podcast episode featuring NCG partners and brothers, Brian Nolan and Kevin Nolan. When we last heard from these two, it was mid-July, and there was growing uncertainty about the economy and turbulent times ahead. Now, here we are four months later, and while certainty still remains, it's the clarity in action in regards to our 2023 planning that's taking center stage. Like riding the rapids of turbulent waters, Brian and Kevin lean into the messiness of business and life, reminding us all that it is the keen awareness more frequent communication and quick action as a team that will be the keys to survival. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Okay, as always, Molly, thanks for the introduction. She does a great job, doesn't she, Kev, with uh, teeing up this thing? And, she um, sure does. She um, runs the whole, the whole podcast division. Exactly. I'm, and now I'm, I'm going to do a good job of uh, teeing up the mess. Okay. Welcome to Business is Messy. My name is Brian Nolan. I'm here with my brother and partner, Kevin Nolan. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, how are you? Good, good, good. Uh, this is uh, Business is Messy, where Kevin... Uh, he shares his messes and, well, we help clean them up. Oh, I let Brian think he's helping me clean them up. It's good. It's good. It's good for both, good for both of us. It's good. it's good for both of us. It sort of feels good, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's nice when his little brother, Brian, can, can once again come to the rescue. Yeah, well, um, I let Brian buy, borrow my watch for the next 45 minutes, and then he tells me what time it is, and then he gives it back. Yep, because Kevin can't read his watch. <laughs> Uh, so I want to, I want to tee this up here. Um, you know, back in the last business is messy podcast, um, we opened up with a article from the journal, the wall street journal. Uh, it talked about people have money, but feel glum. Uh, here we are, um, a few months later, uh, back at that time, we gave recommendations on how to deal with what we call turbulent economic Time. So where are we now um, as we begin our planning season for 2023? Um, so just to lend some context to my position or what I'm thinking, you know, in normal times, we, we are um, skiing downhill, right? We're going downhill, making turns, taking advantage of the momentum, we're gaining speed. Um, and now it sort of feels like we're going from downhill to the roaring rapids. Uh, I was going to say, we're going to have to start polling now with our arms, right? Because we're, we see the lift over there. We have to pull. Now we have to push. Yeah, exactly. Like in the boat, you got to dart. You've got okay. to, uh, rocks are hidden. You're not sure where they are. They're going to uh, pop up. You no, have I, didn't to realize, have... I didn't realize you, <clears throat> you jumped right to the water. So you went right from the ski area to the water. I did. 
<laughs> I did because it just feels that way. Okay. I actually, in 2008, in the Grand Summit, I I pulled up um, the uh, cover recently, and it, it was in fact a rapids. It was a boat on the rapids, and we landed 46 survival tips to deal with tough times. Uh, we're not going to pretend that or or consider that it's going to be as bad as two. Yeah, I got to tell you, it doesn't feel as bad as then. That's for sure. Does not. Uh, no, I mean, as a matter of fact, Brian, we were talking about having this podcast like a week ago. There was three dates Molly put out there for us, and and this was uh, just after the election, and and um, I was thinking maybe that would be a good idea. I don't know whether the election is is really resolved yet, but uh, it's clearly good to have that behind us because that was really consuming a lot of everybody's uh, bandwidth uh, because of all the advertising. And just the, the, I guess the significance of the of the election. Um, I think that uh, Wall Street was happy with the results, even though uh, it's close. But um, Wall Street likes a divided uh, government, so they pass less taxes and move in less direction either way. Uh, so know, Wall uh, Street. Wall Street responded positively, and now all of a sudden, I'm feeling a lot better than I did a week ago because. Even though my own personal assets are not what I'm looking at, I'm really looking at uh, what the what the economy feels like, and it you know the, the stock market's up a thousand points or something more than that in the last week. So um, that's good news. We haven't had good news in a while. That was good news. I, I I've been afraid to even look at the stock market actually. So uh, hearing that news is good news. I you yeah. know I I do want to just. Um, touch on something briefly before getting into the Nolan painting messes <laughs> as they were. Um, it, it's, re, it's regarding this election and ba basically politics in general. People that know me, I uh, know that I don't talk about politics with clients because uh, my politics is small business and I, I'm there to help them, right? Um, I do want to just say that I think one of the messes that we're seeing is that um, uh, political discourse or differences are showing up in the workplace and creating some uh, tension in the workplace. And we, we need to, to remember what we have in common more and then we have a part. And I, I think we need to focus on the values of our company uh, and the values of uh, you know, collaboration, community and the friendship and not focus on the things that are different. I just, I just needed to say that for all the- well, I do believe there. that people are far, far too consumed with politics. It just should not be that much a part of their lives. It'd be nice to go back to a simpler time when it had a more appropriate role in our lives. Seems yeah. to really be there now. Yeah, so I just, I wanna let that sort of resonate for a minute with people. Um, okay, then I'll, then I'll go on. Um, well, the other good piece of news this week was uh, inflation seems to um, at least settle down. And I think after the, this summer uh, where inflation was rampant, I, and I think given the choice, most people would take a recession to end uh, inflation. And that's what the government has decided, right? That's what they've decided they're gonna do. They're gonna do whatever it takes to get inflation um, under control. Um, and so that means a recession 
it might be the prescription. Yeah, um, I mean, so um, a recession doesn't have to be awful for us contractors, right? Right. If no, a recession absolutely. Is, is, yeah. It's a moderation of maybe well, the past I, couple I, of years. I think by the technical term, we've had two in the last three years. Um, obviously, COVID caused two down quarters. And then the first two quarters of 2022 were down. Um, yeah. For some reason, the third quarter um, was up. And um, the fear is, is that those two were just, you know, early, um, early signs of what something bigger was coming. Um, maybe, maybe now after the latest news, maybe not so much. But to your point, um, it doesn't mean it has to affect us so terribly because 2008 is on everybody's mind and they all got, every, everybody felt that significantly. Um, and that's what we're all thinking. If we, if we remember that, we're definitely thinking of that when we think of recession. And that's scary because that was so impactful on a lot of our lives. Um, so now I've read lots of articles like everybody else has. This is not looking like that one at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, it appears right now to be a jobless. So it, it'll, there'll be no job cuts in this recession, or at least not significant. Now, I know- well, Or at least not in our realm. I know, you know yeah. Twitter and Facebook, some of these ones are doing these big cuts. But uh, in the contractor world, I think it's an opportunity to get- Well, employees. and then just in general, to have such low, a low unemployment rate um, would obviously not signal a typical recession. So- but that doesn't mean there wouldn't be a decrease in some markets like tech. I mean, tech's, tech, uh, all the tech companies are having declines now because they thought the pandemic would last forever. They invested in things that were pandemic related, maybe, or just basically were pandemic beneficiaries. And so now they're having a recession, a contraction. Yeah. So, and, then, and then enter Elon Musk, who is doing unpredictable things because that's yeah. what he does, bringing in the kitchen sink to let this, let this sink in. <laughs> Once again, just totally capturing our news cycle, like totally just taking it over every third article. And even in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, every third or fourth article is about Elon Musk. Um, this is not reality we're talking here. This is just one little slice of the economy that is dominating our news cycle. So, 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 let, so let's get- um, Yeah, let's talk about what dominates micro. our news cycle every day which is uh, all the problems that you have to solve in business um, and all that's happening there. Yeah, so, so let's go from the macro to the micro. And the micro is, is all, all the uh, companies out there. And, and the micro is how, how Nolan Painting is, is dealing with, um, with uncertain times to be sure and, and your planning cycle. So Kev, you're, you've started your planning. Every year yeah. for, I don't, ever since I've known you in business for years, you do an annual planning cycle. And it's been probably the strongest muscle that you have as an organization. Well, so yeah, and, and, we're, and we're, we've, been, we've spent a month or so, once again, looking at the news too much, um, looking at our own scenario, because there is a decline um, in business. It's, some of it is not so unnatural. Um, what's natural is a decline heading into what is a perceived recession. That's never a good thing. But the last couple of winters, we did not experience a decline in business. Um, our business is seasonal. I think a lot of businesses are seasonal, whether they're related to the uh, weather outside or not. Um, but the, um, 
we've had a decrease in the amount of leads that we need. Um, not so significant, but we've grown the last couple of years. We have a decrease in the amount of leads in general by 10 or 20%, but, but we really, we are grown. We've grown for the last 20 or 30% in the last couple of years. So now we need even more leads than we've needed historically. We're not getting them. So that means at least for the short term, we're gonna have to shrink. Um, this all started around Labor Day, uh, tracking leads in our cookbook. We were not hitting our cookbook numbers. You know, we needed 75 leads a week. We have a, we had an average job size of something like seven or eight thousand um, dollars, and then we had a closing rate of something like 55 percent. We do the cookbook. We figure out how much work we need. That's not happening. We're not hitting. Um, we're not hitting two out of three. We're hitting the closing rate still, but the average job size is decreasing, and the number of leads is going down. You were, uh, you were telling me yesterday how you look at this uh, graph uh, and it's a cliff, right? It's yeah. your production tracker, it's, it's your production forecaster. And um, you could see, and as, as it erodes, like the ocean erodes a, a cliff, you could see all of a sudden you have, you have less work and the, and the cliff becomes smaller. I, mean, I, I and, have no work, no work for the last week or two of December and I have to keep a hundred people busy. That's pretty daunting. <laughs> and by the way, that that hole has been impossible to fill. Now we've been trying to fill it for a couple of weeks, and it's been we've been struggling. Um, and we'll figure something out. But clearly, we had to start shrinking. So yeah, we had layoffs uh, yesterday, Friday. Um, I think we laid off about eight percent of our workforce, um, and we probably have a few more layoffs coming. And I hope that's it because that's not significant enough to really change um, anything in our future. But much beyond that will impact next year because it'll impact the first three months of the year, right? So it'll impact the, the, the first quarter. So with all this happening, how do you pick numbers for next year? It seems absolutely impossible. You might as well throw a dart against the wall with, with your eyes closed. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to get into planning, but before you do that, I'd like to paint a visual to everybody listening here. So I, obviously I've known, I've known Kevin my whole life. And I, I, I remember like in, in 1981 or 1982 and every year thereafter, every Thanksgiving, he would come home and you just saw the mope on his face. And I remember one in particular, I think I said this before, Kev, but I can't get the visual out of my head. He had a hoodie on and he he'd put the hoodie up over his head and he just pulled the strings as if he was uh, collapsing into the abyss of uh, having built a business for the whole. I know year I didn't want now. to come out. I didn't want to come out. He didn't want to come out of, yeah. of the hoodie. Um, what what now, obviously, of 40 years of doing this, uh, it's about. Well, making and business I have to tell deals. you, Brian, that's the way it's been most years. I mean, I I've been saying that most years that we've been in business. We've had a decline in business as we approach the holidays. Most years, we've had to decrease our, our feet on the street numbers by 10% or slightly more. Um, it's been the odd years that we haven't struggled through the winter months. Mm. And the last couple of years have certainly been odd years for lots of reasons. But the abundance of work was clearly there. And they were not the normal years. And so now we're experiencing more normal um, years. Um, I mean, we've got some work lining up for January, not a lot, 
Um, so there, there's definitely nobody comfortable right now. Um, but the, the odd thing about it is, is, you know, I'm, we're still making money as we speak, very profitable. Uh, and, and the worst part is I can see that disappearing literally within days and weeks. Um, we are finishing up probably the most profitable year we've ever had. Um, our months, the last three or four months have been just spectacular. Um, we got our, we got our, our goal, middle of the year we were struggling. And so we actually had a, an unprofitable month in May and it scared the heck out of me. And we made some changes. We raised our prices and we dramatically were looking to increase our feet on the street. And we did. So we increased our feet on the street and we raised our prices. That is a recipe for success. Now I see the exact opposite happening. I'm going to have to lower my pricing and I'm going to have to lower my feet in the street. Recipe for disaster. <laughs> well, um, you, you know what I've, I've heard though from, from a lot of clients is that um, the leads are down, but uh, close rates are not down. Well, yeah, and that's the thing about the pricing. So I say lower the pricing. So we're, we're being really cautious. Um, right now, I have a silent discount only available to salespeople. So I haven't sent anything out in any email blasts or anything offering any discounts. Now, understand we're charging the highest rates we've ever charged in our history. Um, and I'm telling the estimators that they quietly can offer a discount off of that. Um, I'm offering, letting them offer 20% off for the month of December, but right now we are not uh, promoting anything because we really don't want to be a discount operator. Um, I'm probably fighting against reality there. We're going to have to do something about pricing. But to your point, Brian, if you're not losing jobs to price, why are you cutting your price? That's the right. question I keep asking myself, and that's, that doesn't have the answer yet. Would a lower price attract more leads if I publicized it, right? That's the question. What's the opportunity cost there? What, by not doing it, what happens if you lower your prices and, and you don't get a tremendous amount more work? Then you, all you did is what I said, which was lower your price and lower your feet in the street count. So it's a bit of a dance trying to figure out what is the best route right now. Um, but, you know, when you follow that with a spectacular year and, and if hopefully if you've banked it, we have, we've banked it because we've been worried about things like this ever since it happened to me back in 1990 when I had a terrible recession. Um, ever since then, I've always made sure that we were financially ready for whatever the next one would look like. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I always joke that George Apap says I predicted well, I used to say 10 out of the last four recessions, but I, I think there's been more than four recessions since then. So maybe I've predicted 16 out of the last eight recessions. So meaning that I predicted recessions that haven't come. That's probably true. Um, but hey, we've grown about 18% this year in, 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 in growth. So I take advantage of what's given to me, whether I predicted it or not. So. Well, well, one of the messes then now, so well, you have good balance sheet, you have good profits. Yep. One of the messes is, uh, I understand just last week, um, you got you got several high reaches and and new trucks uh, at like 50,000 a piece dropped yeah, they off all, there. They all came in the middle of October all at once. I had placed orders um, throughout the last year and, and in October, uh, three trucks arrived. 
from Ford and a high reach came that I'd ordered 12 months earlier, back ordered, back delayed, finally arrived just in time for the season to be over. Um, all totaled $225,000. You know, uh, that's the inflation piece. Um, so first off, the high reach, the high reach, uh, I, when I ordered it, it was originally $62,000. That was back in October of 2021. And there were two price increases along the way. Both times I was given the option to opt out. Um, it finally was delivered to me at $75,000. Uh, the the, um, the Ford Transits, um, I ordered the Ford Transits. Um, the order was canceled because they were back ordered. I ordered them back in the beginning of this year in February of 2022. Um, in July, the orders were canceled and I was given the opportunity to reorder 2023s, which I did with a price increase. Um, bottom line, with everything included taxes, in, in, with taxes included, um, as well as uh, ladder racks, a new, F, a new uh, Ford Transit cost $50,000. Um, just in 2018, that was about $35,000. What a mess. Yeah. $50,000 for a van. Um, and there were no options for use. So I have no, um, I, have a, I have a couple more um, Ford Mavericks, which is a small pickup ordered for salespeople. Um, but other than that, I have those two ordered. Other than that, I have no more vans on order, no more equipment on order. And of course, that's going to slow down the economy, but that's not my problem. My problem is paying for what I've already bought, um, and then, um, yeah, pick it up and moving on. So, you know, what, what's not messy though, is that you're, you're about as prepared for any economic downturn as you've ever been. You've yes. got, um, you got reserves. You've done a great job of, of running what, what, uh, it's called the profit first model, putting money yep. in bank accounts. Uh, you've done, um, a, a good job of uh, a management team ready to adjust and change and get ahead of it. So as opposed to letting something happen to you, you're going to make something happen. And yeah, so that's I've got big... plan. I've got plan B's and C's and D's. Um, and, and I know you've talked about that a lot, Brian, about having plan B's, but what I don't have is a plan A. <laughs> ah, yeah. Which I is, just don't know what 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 it could look like next year with a with uh, to project growth. I'm sort of figuring how am I going to do that going into the first quarter, mm. you know? Because that's what's happened in the last two years is it's been it's literally almost been quarter by quarter a different story. It's been such turbulent times um, that um, I you know what you can't sort of predict a year out and be be spot on. There were so many years in a row where we were fairly spot on. Um, and, but there is things you can predict, you know, that model I told you about, about, you know, the cookbook for leads. Um, don't get me wrong. It's going down, but it doesn't mean it's not predictable. It's still predictable. I mean, right now it's predictably going down, but therefore I can start to make assumptions by what I'm seeing. So as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, I'm hoping to get, there's more clarity. So, so then you, you go back to pulling weapons out that you used 12 years ago or 13 years ago, uh, such as um, customer call campaigns, right? To generate yep. like 
if there's one thing you can count on uh, is getting work from past customers at times like this. And I want to I want to just do a shout out to uh, Connell Mulraney, who is um, he's in sales now and he is going nuts uh, calling past past customers. And he's he believes that he's going to get leads and you should hear his Irish accent trying to in, endear uh, Claire or Mary. Hi, Mary. It's Connell. How are you? Yes, I wonder if you had a little wee work that we could look. We have a few holes in the schedule. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it is he makes it look easy. And that's a good role model because the other other sales guys will uh, just just naturally follow along and realize how easy it really is to talk to people that already like you. Yes. Um, we have outstanding, you know, customer reviews. I mean, really, really outstanding. Um, and yeah, to reach back to those folks. Um, I mean, we've done a couple of email blasts already this fall with, with success, but clearly you need to do more than just that. That's a very passive approach. We need to do uh, more active. And, um, you know, some of that just involves looking at some of the past estimates you've done, looking at estimates you've done for past customers that they haven't necessarily acted on all the pieces of, the, of it. Maybe you, maybe you do call them up and say, hey, I know when we painted your, your interior, we left a couple of rooms off. Um, I'm willing to give you 20% off. You know, I, I checked with the boss. He said, you can do 20% off till the end of the month because we need to work. We don't want to lay people off during the holidays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty uh, genuine, right? Yeah. It's genuine right. and it's real and you've got to do it. But <clears throat> that's, uh, that's predictable in terms of, let's do that. What's unpredictable is marketing. How much money yeah. you should spend on, on marketing. You spend a lot of money on things like radio and TV. Well, I have, you know, be honest with you, I have, but not recently, Brian, we've, you know, during the pandemic, we like a lot of companies just backed off marketing. Um, how could you market? How could you advertise when you didn't have openings? It was disingenuous to say, call Nolan painting. And then when you called us, we said we couldn't fit you in. Um, and that's been the story. A lot of uh, certainly the last three summers have been that way. Um, and it's just been um, hard to, to, to strike a balance. So we've, you know, obviously we've done some things and um, we did a little bit of radio campaign this fall um, and we didn't get great results from the radio campaign. And I was looking to measure sort of what the results would be from a radio campaign. If I would have done a radio campaign, you know, uh, last spring or, or even last fall, I think I would have gotten tremendous response because the fish were biting. People were looking for projects. Contractors weren't responding. They weren't calling back. Um, and no, at the time we didn't really need to. I think we did one radio or TV campaign in the last uh, one a year for the last three years, but just one, just small. People still say they've seen it on TV or whatever, but we hadn't been on in quite a while. Um, and so now uh, we're trying to decide. It's very expensive, as you know. It's just. It, it can be very effective. It's helped us with our brand. It really has been, but it's very expensive. And tying customer, uh, customer uh, call to actions back to it and saying, hey, we got this job because of that ad um, does not work. Like it's so expensive. If you tried to tie back the, the leads that you got from a radio campaign or a TV campaign, it would look like each lead cost you like $2,000 um, because 
because that's that when you divide up to how many leads you got from that mentioned that ad, it's, you know, it's a couple dozen, let's say, whereas um, it still works very well as a branding opportunity. And if, and maybe people will respond, they, you know, they've seen you in the neighborhood, but they happen to also see you on TV and also see you or listen to you in the radio. So anyway, that's the way that works. If we're trying to decide, well, does that mean we spend money now on radio and TV just to get the phone to ring? And I don't so feel comfortable so you're, doing it. You're, you're holding off as long as you can before signing contracts. I think that's yes. what I heard you say. Yeah. Let's, let's just, before I sign a $50,000 marketing contract, I'm just going to wait and, until I have to. Just hold well, it. Well, I mean, if it. I don't, I, I certainly learned from mistakes. We had um, a really big thing going in 2020 and the beginning of 2020, and we had about $300,000 in radio and TV for the first quarter. Very, very aggressive plan. Um, and it was radio, TV, and even the back half of it involved recruiting. So we were gonna really recruit up. I had a lot of managers hired and I was ready to staff out and, and get going. We were gonna have a spectacular year. And then the government shut us down. And the government literally shut us down for six weeks. A lot of the folks got shut down in our industry. Um, but I had radio and TV ads running for six weeks. Well, the, the entire time, radio and TV ads running, we're shut down. I don't even have a person that's allowed to go into the office and answer the phone calls. I mean, that's a the mess. irony, the that's irony a was terrible. It's a mess. So, so now I'm just saying, hey, I'm just going to wait and see, you know, if the world doesn't end on January 1st, then we're ready to sign a TV contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and that, I don't think the world's going to end. Don't get me wrong. But um, I'm just going to be cautious because, I mean, you got to learn from your mistakes. And that was clearly, um, I guess, a mistake. I don't know. It was certainly a situation to learn from, which was, um, you know, wait and see, wait and see. Don't always commit that much. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what so else. As you ride in the raft, like in, in the rapids, there, there could be a, a rock that's going to come up and pop the boat in, in the next six weeks. So let's make sure that we can get out of the roughest part first. What? What are um, what does your planning look like? I I see I see you're starting planning um, a retreat sort of on December eighth. Did I see that right? Yeah. Well, we've already started, but we we really pushed off most of the financial discussions till December eighth because of all the all the forces I just told you that were up in the air, um, and even that might end up being kind of late. I mean, kind of early because, like I said, I we've got the rest of December to go and. We really need to get through the holidays and see what it looks like. But but you got to do it. You just have to push ahead anyway. Um, but we've had already had this, you know, meetings about some other big rocks, the things that we do want to accomplish next year. Um, and, you know, those typical things like training and um, equipment management's become a big deal for us now with nearly 50 vehicles and and six or seven high reaches that we're, we're using. We need to... plus. Um, paint sprayer equipment. So we, we're talking about equipment management. So these are all big rocks that are not related to the economy. And it's very healthy and constructive to talk about them because they do feel much more in control. Like this is what we have to do next and we know what to do. Um, and so we'll have the most of those things sort of uh, pretty far along or settled by that December 8th meeting. And so we can really focus on um, things like uh, revenue goals, um, Feet on the street, feet in the street projection, leads projection, um, and um, start to put a budget together for the new year. But still, don't know. 
um, even a couple of weeks away, what that looks like. Ah, and then of course, so instead of putting up a hoodie and closing the string on, on your face, you're you're leaving the country instead. Like you really want to get out of Dodge. Do, do I understand you're you're going across the world to Australia and New Zealand for like half the year? <laughs> half the winter, maybe. Um, yes, I'm going to be gone. So during the worst of the havoc, from uh, January 12th to February 12th, I'll be I'll be in sunny. Uh, New Zealand and Australia, um, and I'll be, uh, I'm going to get out of winter altogether and head to summer uh, on the other side of the world. So, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I got to get the planning done. Um, John Meyer, um, president of the company, is getting more and more opportunities to uh, weather this. It's really good. You always talk about having other people share the insomnia, mm -hmm. um, and I can tell you, John's sharing the insomnia right now. Um, because he's the one that has to, um, you know, deal with the sales team that doesn't have leads um, in January or deal with um, another round of layoffs or things like that. So um, hopefully, that, hopefully none of those things happen. Um, and I, I, I think we'll do everything that we can. And that's really where the optimism comes from, having gone through it before um, and having resources and being resourceful about it, yeah, I, I'm super confident. Um, I always say that if the economy grows two or three percent, we can grow ten percent. So if the economy shrinks two or three percent, can't we still grow six or eight percent? You sure know, you can. I mean, we're better than the average company. Uh, we're convinced we're better than the average company. And if the average company is standing still or shrinking a little bit, can't we be way better than the average? Totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, I. On this point of, of sharing insomnia, um, uh, I think the best teams uh, actually get tighter during times like this. No, no question about it. I would say yeah. that 2008 basically crystallized our relationship. We are a tight team um, that works together that rarely has any, like, really any uh, external conflict that that can really damage it. You know? I mean, it's it's the same management team that uh, back then yeah. you kept in the lifeboat. And um, they the, there's there's a sense of uh, nothing will beat us. And so, so the point here is don't try and clean up the messes by yourself, right? Share the messes, share the, the, the solutions, share the information. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, I think of the, the, the sole proprietor, sole business owner, and, and I certainly hope they have, they've gotten people they could reach out. I mean, they can reach out to us, but I hope they have a group of people they could reach out and bounce off ideas because some of the ideas I bounce off are not worthy of leaving the room. Um, <laughs> but I still, needed to, I still needed to brainstorm all possible solutions. You know, what if we let off these four staff people I mean, I don't want to do that. I don't want it to leave the room. I don't want it to even be really an option. But it, I have to be able to, to talk about those things or I'm, going to, I'm just going to internalize it in my head. I'm going to lose my mind. And frankly, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to be able to work through all these decisions without having folks to bounce off ideas, have them bounce back, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to just rally through uh, seven or eight um reminders, things to think about here, Kev. I, I want to say that I, I, I always say business is a game. 
and you, you know you want to win the game so the game just got a little rougher so what are we going to do to win the game so some things that i heard is uh, you know review your sales price regularly don't cut too quickly uh this is a weekly conversation um the thing i also tell everybody is know your break even know your break even amount what amount of money what amount of revenue do I have to build to not lose money so that after direct costs, I can pay? Or, or, or let me just interrupt you there, Brian. But even if you're going to lose money, and we undoubtedly will, know how much you're prepared to lose Yes. before X, Y, or Z will have to happen. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. And then save, save your reserves as a last resort. Your reserves are, are like your your extra dinghy lifeboat, don't, don't use them. Use any line of credit before you use them. Um, rank your team, Kev, you always do that. So, um, and, and this gets into this plan B, pull a trigger um, when the issue is there. Uh, don't, don't freeze, know, know what, what you're gonna cut. Um, so yeah, we had our we had our layoffs already planned a week or so ago. We already had the the folks already uh, singled and circled. Um, too bad for them, but we had it. We had to do it. And so Friday was simply a matter of. Um, and I always hate to say this because it sounds like we killed them. We didn't execute the plan. I mean, that's what it really was. Is Friday at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, let's do it and. Um, and then we, and then I'm, it's not as bad for me, Brian, as it used to be because, um, cause I don't, I don't have to do it anymore. I just have to, I just have to instruct people to do it. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's that, that's certainly sharing that insomnia to be sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't say that to say, Hey, lucky me or to say, um, you know, just, or to have any glee in that at all. Um, I actually feel, you know, I have empathy for the person making that decision or, or, because they we did let their people make their decision, but also, you know, who have to who have to actually do it, have to call them up and we talk about how to do it and do it in a friendly way. You know, I mean, you say you're sorry, you are sorry. No one wanted this. You're sorry it's happening. So totally, totally. So you've heard me say you said um, have a plan B budget. So that's a plan A and a plan A plan B budget modeling a twenty five percent decrease. That's key. Uh, get real aggressive with your accounts receivable. Um, watch that. If your AR is starting to go up, that means uh, your customers are watching their accounts payables and they're trying to elongate them. So you want to watch that. Um, double down in your core customer base um, and you know reinvent business development. I do remember uh, years ago with your team, um, when your team had to start doing some business development and Johnny Meyer was, had his black binder and he, he started to visit private schools just, just stopping by. So it's going to take, it's going to take some different weapons if the leads fall, but, um, gather, gather frequently with your team on the numbers, know your leads. We said the leads are falling, but we don't want to feel like the leads are going down. We, we, we want real data and track the data and then attack as a team, I think that's key. Clean up the mess as a team. No mess is too big for a strong team to, to crush. Right, Kev, you look like you're yeah. ready to go 
crush it. Oh yeah, I just um, I'm back to that question. You're going to help me with that question: is what do I do for the budget for next year? Do I? Um, I mean, all all analogies aside, all all uh, optimism aside, all pessimism aside, what do I predict happens? So we are going to do somewhere pretty close to 13 million this year, probably just shy, mostly because December's falling apart on us. Um, but yeah, record year for us. Previous record, 2019, we did 12 million. Um, I think we are sailing over 12 million as we speak. Um, so we're going to clearly have a great year from that perspective. But what do we do for next year? So we already know the first quarter is looking weaker than last year. Um, I have more people than I had last year. Um, and then ultimately, do you, do you predict that the first quarter is a tough quarter and you get beat up and you put some lower numbers there and then you, and then you predict quick growth for the, for the second, third and fourth quarters of the year? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so um, I, I would budget for um, small growth. I'm like, I, I, I saw you had notes, a couple points of, of growth uh, and basically start with the existing numbers this year and say, how do we replicate this? I mean, let's start there. How do we replicate $13 million at uh, a GP level? And then what does it look like with a couple points more? What does it look like with a couple percentage points less? And then what does it look like with 25% less? And yep. I, I'm, I'm so a little more fluid. We do that. Uh, with with budgeting, I think more reforecasting during the year than we maybe have done in the past. You know, um, yeah. Well, we've gotten hands... good at that. We've gotten good at that. Um, we to the point where I don't make apologies for it. I simply talk about the reality. I give a, a warning, and then I get a certain date and reforecast at the quarter. So the reason why I say all that is because PFP in our game. In our game, PFP is based on budgetary numbers that are predictions by management. And it includes sales predictions, it includes revenue predictions, profit predictions, feed on the street. Uh, these are all pay, uh, leads. These are all pay for performance uh, trigger points that people get uh, bonuses for. And so I have to get it right or people win or lose PFP and my, and my game doesn't work either for the company or for them. So I'm always yeah. trying to get that right. It's got to be fair. So, I mean, you want a shared success fair. model. You want a right. shared success model. So, you know, the one model is, all right, we'll keep the revenue projections high for the first quarter. It's not super high, not super high, but a little bit of growth. Don't, don't build in any, any doom and gloom at all. Just build it into what you need. And then if we don't hit the PFP numbers, that, that'll be a self-correct. It's a shared, it's a shared not success model too. Yeah. Right. Um, and then keep it going for the rest of the year. I think we're leaning for that. And the reason is, is so we have and you probably know the term for it, but we have about close to six hundred thousand dollars in profit that we must make in order for us to pay off any debt service and all of the contributions we expect to make in our various accounts. Mm -hmm. So I have you know, I have we talked about this profit first model which means that every, every, all the money that goes into your op, operating account gets sent somewhere else because it has a purpose. And we, have, we do that through automatic deductions. That's how we do it. So 3,000 a month goes into this account, 1,000 a month goes into that account. 
Um, 5,000 goes into that account. So when we add up all those numbers, it's literally something like 570,000 a year that has to be made for the company to maintain, maintain its own internal commitments and the small bit of debt service that we have. Wow, so, yeah. So we that, we're building that in, that's sort of the place that we start. Um, and that would be roughly four or 5% profit um, on 12 or 13 million. So that has to be the start. And then, um, and then obviously, you know, we're, we're hoping to do better than that. And yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, glad, I, I'm glad you're going to go with that approach in the first quarter because I, I don't want to lower expectations too much and get the sales team to lower their expectation. Uh, it right. means we have to do different things to, to hit those numbers. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they want to hit a number which affects their pay, they may have to change their behavior. Yeah, yeah. So i i don't want to I don't want to go shoot shoot low. I want the sales patient to say, okay, well, how are we going to get this many leads? And uh, I want to I want to end the podcast with with this thought: is you know, Ryan Rapids uh, brings a heightened sense of excitement and alertness, and you know, stay alert and uh, win the game, get out of the rapids. Uh, Alive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, this past fall, I actually rode a raft through the Grand Canyon um, on the Colorado River, and there was plenty of rapids, and the scenery was spectacular, and it was the most, one of the most exhilarating experiences of my life. So, to yeah, your point. So you can navigate, you can navigate rapids, you're feeling like a pretty good, pretty good business person. Yeah, well, not, and also, like, the things I remember in life or I remember that 2008 time period, even though it was painful, I remember it vividly. You know, maybe 2015 when things were great, I don't, maybe not so vivid. Isn't you know? it funny how like yeah. from, from like 2013 to 2018, almost like five years, was, almost it was like, where'd they go? <laughs> I know, it was so calm. <laughs> the calm waters. I hope I, was, I hope I was happy. I'm not sure if I remember. <laughs> I'm sure I was, but. No, the point is, is that um, these are things that under um, underscore our lives, the challenges we face and then how we react to them and then getting through them with others and sharing all that, sharing the success, sharing the failures, sharing the pain, sharing the insomnia. Okay, well, Kevin, until, until the next mess, we wish you well. <laughs> Brian, uh, we didn't even mess with most of my messes. Uh, <laughs> no, we, I still got plenty of messes I didn't even talk about. We'll uh, continue to uh, clean them up on our Wednesday runs together, Kevin. Okay, there you go. And, and uh, everybody, um, have a great holiday season until Kevin and I get, get back on. But you know, Molly will have a weekly podcast, so there's more to come. Thanks okay, a lot, Kevin. Okay, thanks, everybody. Yep. You bet. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.